Yo, yo, what's up, everybody? Hope you're doing good and having a good week so far. So on today's episode is the one and only Tommy Farrow. Tommy is DJ producer from the UK. Uh, he released his debut single called, or debut EP called Let's Just on Stress Records uh, a few months ago. It's it's an amazing record. If you haven't checked it out, please go check it out. It's amazing. I thought I'd get him on. Um, it's going to be some hot stuff in the future. Uh, and I just wanted to kind of introduce you guys to him. Um, loved it. Great, great chat with him. He's he's a good mate of mine now. So yeah, enjoy people. Without further ado, Tommy Farrow. And we are recording. What's up, Tommy Farrow? How's it so, going? Yo, yeah, I'm very good, my friend. How are you? Good, man. Thanks for coming on the show. Thanks for inviting me. It's an honor. Thank yeah. you very much. Anytime, man. So if anyone doesn't know who you are, like I've, I think we started talking in January. I think. Yeah, it was when I sent the Let's Just demo, wasn't it? Yeah, you sent me Let's Just, which is obviously one of your records. Um, mm. And I just like couldn't stop playing it throughout my tour. And yeah, uh, yeah we've just kind of stayed being being best buds since me, then. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I remember, I remember when I sent you the records, and I was like, I because it's funny because I thought nobody was gonna. Like, you know, I knew Let's Just was a good track, but I thought Can't Explain was like, mm. especially with yourself, you like in like the melodic kind of four by four stuff. I was yeah. like, he's just going to vibe from Can't Explain and Let's Just, like, he, he'll never play that in his sets. Like, you know, because obviously it's great yeah, beat yeah. and you like the kind of heavy tech. Stuff. <laughs> and I was like, you know what? I was like, he's going to like Can't Explain. And I was like, you were like, oh my God, dude, please send me more. And then, um, and then I forgot what we had another conversation about Let's Just. I think because you put it in the Apple Music in like a mix or something. Yeah. And you were like, dude, I was like, you were like, I play this every gig I do. And I remember I was just in the gym and I was like, what the? <laughs> I was like, what? Like, Will Carp playing my track? Because this is at a time when I didn't think it was like a solid record. Like, I didn't yeah. have much DJ kind of opinions on it. Like, I sent it to like a couple of my mates and they said it was amazing. But like, for someone like yourself to say that, I was like, Jesus, maybe it is quite a good track. So. I, would, I wouldn't go by my opinion, mate. My opinion is not right. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'm just but winging it. Just like, <laughs> unless you're just trying to make me happy. But no, because then a few other people after that were saying like the same thing. And I was like, shit, like, this could be quite a dope record. Like, So yeah, and then from there, it's just took a while of its own. So It's dope, man. I, f- I love it. And if anyone listening hasn't heard it, uh, check out Tommy Farrow, Let's Just. It's, um, it's a great record. Um, I remember, yeah, I remember when you sent it to me, I was, I was in, De- in my place in Detroit and it was, I think like, I think it was at night and I just mm. finished a day in the studio and you sent it to me and I was like, just like, couldn't stop listening to it over and over again. I was like, this is fucking amazing. How did you even oh, send God. it to me? Like, how did we start talking? Well, I remember, I, cause obviously I do the seasons in Ibiza and I remember hearing, um, you take me higher. And I yeah. was like. I heard, well, I heard Fisher, he used to close his set every <laughs> Tuesday with it. Like, seriously, like every Tuesday I used to close his set. And I was like, what is, I've never heard anything so, it was like such a cool track. And I was like, and it, obviously I just didn't know the ID for ages. And then I saw Andre Lever post it and it was, and then in the comments it was you. And I was like, shit. I, was like, I thought Will Clark made like Dirty Bird stuff. And, that. and I was like, this guy's not playing anymore. <laughs> So I was like, and then I checked out your profile and I, obviously I've heard your other stuff in the mixes and I just gave you a follow. 
it kind of just went from there. And I just see that you're a very nice guy on social media, replied to everyone. Did so you slide like, into my DMs? I was like, yeah. <laughs> I was like, I'm going to make the most out of this shit. I was like, shit, hopefully I get a reply. And yeah, I was like, sorry, I'm just going to send him some new music. It's like then, Tinder for DJs. Just like slide into everyone's DMs and just fingers crossed that somebody fucking replies. <laughs> I'm still the yeah, same, man. God, yeah. Honestly, I don't know how, like, you have taught me one thing and like it's just to reply to everyone yeah and i'm man. so glad that you've taught me that like because i remember I even like i used to see like your soundcloud comments and like your youtube comments <laughs> and it's like you don't even have to reply to that shit but like you reply to everything and i was like that shit is so inspirational i was like i'm gonna start doing that because like obviously on instagram stuff it's cool to do it but like everything i was just like it just so i don't know it just it kind of makes everybody happy and you know it kind of I feel like if you're nice to other people, they're always going to be nice to you, of course. Think, and it helps with music, doesn't it? Yeah, I think that's the thing. I think at the end of the day, we're we're still in an extremely small community. I was talking to this with Rebuke the other day. Um, mm. And the community is so small in house music. In the, Although when we're in it and when you see huge festivals, you see like tens of thousands of people and whatever. And that's a lot of people. But realistically, the core fans is quite a small, small group and even if you're mm. like let's let's use fish for an example even if you're fish like his fan base is huge but in the grand scheme of of like fan bases it's still small if that makes sense mm. it's not like you're Dwayne Jump Johnson um yeah, yeah if yeah. you know what I mean and like, there's like two extremes and I think where we're at especially where I'm at like it's extremely manageable to kind of keep uh mm-hmm. keep a solid fan base um and also like at the end of the day we're just humans we still shit out the same hole like it's <laughs> yeah, yeah, there's, yeah. there's nothing it's like so true. I, I met i remember i, I landed in in detroit oh, I've, I've let me see if I've, I've got the guy's name i'm really bad at remembering names um mm, i'm the same i'm hot terrible faces i'm good at names no uh what's the um What's Elon Musk's company? Not Tesla, the other one. The spaceship. Oh, um, oh my God. Why? How have I forgot this? Not SpaceX. No. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah you're cool. right. SpaceX. Oh, I don't know if I oh, saved shit. his number as SpaceX. What, you got Elon Musk's number? No, no, no. So I... <laughs> <laughs> I was like, shit, hit me up with that, man. So I, um, I, I landed in Detroit and then I met just randomly like this guy came up to me he was like hey how's it going like looking forward to seeing you tonight and Ooh. it was like a guy that worked at spacex and i was like he's so much more interesting than me <laughs> like he knows so much more about life than me and i yeah. think that's the thing is that if like we got talking and now we talk occasionally and you're just like at the end of the day this world is so small and having an ego in this industry is literally having an ego generally is like the worst thing we all have egos i still have an ego if you know what i mean yeah yeah, but thinking that you're better than somebody because you push a few buttons on stage or you can make (laughs) a fucking record like like this dude at spacex can like put fucking spaceships like yeah 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 in the sky i can't even fucking do my (laughs) eight times table like <laughs> <laughs> oh my god yeah trust me it's all about perception isn't it it's all just kind of what people think's cool and whatnot so 
Yeah, I totally agree. It's weird, isn't it? Yeah. It's about being humble. I think that's it. And I think what we're seeing, especially during like coronavirus, I think nowadays people, well, not just coronavirus, but this is a time where like we're we're fucking nothing. We can't do anything Mm -hmm. at the end of the day. And we're not like, we can't help. Like I, I, for me is like, the thing that I kind of, or that we do as DJs, we help people escape reality by playing clubs. If you know what I mean? Like when somebody's mm-hmm. in a club, I want them to yeah. have the best experience ever that they don't even worry about. They're not even thinking about all their worries yeah. that's going on in everyday life that we all have. Right. I want them to literally turn up to a club and be like, Oh my fucking God, what just happened? Word, yeah, 100%. And at the moment, in time we can't do that so what can we do we can kind of just like give back and just speak to people and if people Mm. need shit speak to them like is what for me it's like it's what i would want if i was them if i was a fan if that makes sense Um, honestly it can make someone's day just like you know just replying to someone or just or just being nice in general like like, I'm nowhere near, like, anybody, like, but, like, some people, like, I've, if anybody messages me, I make sure I'm, like, super nice, like, maybe a bit too nice, and, like, sometimes people are just, like, oh, my God, I can't believe you, you know, just, like, I didn't expect to find, it's, like, it's just, not, you know, it's just a message, like, it can really make someone happy, I'm not saying that I'm famous or anything, but just be nice to anyone, you know, you never know how happy it can make someone feel. Well, I think be that's nice. the thing, isn't it, because, realistically, it takes more time to be a dickhead. It takes more effort <laughs> yeah, to yeah. be a dick in this life. And yeah. even if someone's being a dick, just fuck, just like, just leave it. I really don't understand it, man. Like I've, I'm not obviously going to say names, but a couple, you know, a few years ago or a year ago, I used to message DJs and like some of the responses were just so like cocky and like the, the younger DJs. And I'm just like, what? What even is the point? Yeah. Like it takes yeah. more energy doing that than just saying like oh thank you kind of you know just yeah it's like, i just don't understand it man but it is what it is hopefully you know people learn but the one thing that does annoy me though is when people just send you like links in your dms and be like listen to this oh my god yeah innit? and i'm just like hello i still like i would just reply like thanks or mm. it's like come on just be no li- personalization yeah be a little bit oh, like man. be a little bit human like come on um, yeah, exactly. I got a, I I tweeted this like a couple of, about a month ago. I got a sent an email, and it was a Spice Girls Spice Up Your Life remix. <laughs> oh shit! Not one of them. It was, I've had a few of them. It was actually like really it's like, bad. <laughs> <laughs> Good. It's like bloody what do you call it? Marco Buble Tech House remix. I all that stuff. I'm just like shit. But you know what? Kids Whatever love it. Floats a boat, man. I can yeah. guarantee you that if somebody played that in a club, it would probably fucking slam. And what an our shit, probably. Yeah, and I'll be in the corner of the club just crying my eyes out, being like, "Oh my god, it worked." I did. I wouldn't ever want this oh to work, god. but it worked. Now I'm hoping that that kind of stuff. Like I've just I've got a prediction with like. No offence to anyone that makes that music, but I feel like with the clubs and opening, and it won't be for a while, that is just kind of, it's just going to fade away. And kind or of in Tech House. Be. Yeah, pretty much, because <laughs> I've, I've got a lot of friends that make it, so I don't want to, you know. <laughs> all of your friends, to Tommy, anyone, but... <laughs> they're not going to have a career. All that, all that, 
<laughs> all the kind of the student kind of uh, vibes. But yeah, they all just make it. I'm like, hopefully by one in clubs are back. Because obviously it's just not thriving with no clubs open, is it? You know, nobody's going to kind of, it's just, I feel sorry for people who make it in this climax because like, what is there to do with it? You can't listen yeah. in your bed and be like, yeah. Ooh. Yeah. But like, it's, you know, but hopefully without being bitchy, that kind of moves on when the clubs are open. You're such a bitch, Tommy Farrow. <laughs> <laughs> I hope no. everyone's watching this and makes him uh, I don't know. It's just opinion, isn't it? It's just what you like and what you don't like. But Totally. And, and you, everyone's allowed your opinion. I think you're 100% right though. Um, mm. Like, and I don't think it's just boring tech house. If you know what I mean? I think there's a lot yeah. of, so I was talking to a mate uh, on the phone the other night um, and we were saying like how uninspiring that we find like house music right now. And mm-hmm. it's kind of like, it's, it's like, it's that splice sample tech house or house or whatever techno techno is the same in certain certain situations as well and Mm. it's like there's a lot of putting together sounds there's not a lot of music writing there's not a lot of songwriting there's not a lot of like which at the end of the day we are in the sample business like house music is sample based and um it's it is about putting sounds together like some of the biggest house producers aren't the best musicians in the world, if you know what I mean. Mm. And I would not say I'm the best musician in the world. But I think for for me, it's like, especially during lockdown, it's made me realize that I need to write more like, I just want to write something that people can listen to whilst they're having a shower or cooking their dinner. And then also, and also it can fucking slam in a club. Mm. Um, or if you, you get that, if you get that mixture, it's it's uh, so ideal, isn't it? Mm. That's what I always try and that's what I always try and achieve. That's what I, that's what I, that's what I kind of tried to do with "You Take Me Higher." Mm-hmm. Um, I remember writing that like a, over a year ago, and just like was like, okay, today I need to write something with like progress, chord progression, and kind of get some melody back in my life, um, mm. and it worked eventually. But I I think that's the thing is like. It's it takes much more time to write records like this. Like I, you can we can write a club record in like fucking two hours. It's easy if you mm-hmm. know what I mean. And that's just practice. And I don't like I know there's people out there like that like it takes a long time. But it's just that that vibe of we know what works in a club and mm-hmm. we can put sounds together and it is what it is. But I think when you're writing an actual song with melody, it's like it takes time takes a lot longer it does. What's, what's your type of process yeah. when you're like in the studio um i to be fair with you i always kind of look at inspiration and listen to like because i i love getting influences from the 90s era and the ravey kind of trancey era yeah. you know you're like you know you're not trance. <laughs> but, um <laughs> yeah and try to put it in a modern way so obviously i listen to a lot just to kind of inspire me um and i always start with Every single record I write's got a pad, as you probably know by yeah. now as well. And I always just try and I start the melody first, and then I have the pad behind it. Um, and then after that, I actually try and find a vocal. Like Fogel's one of the first things I always find. Yeah. I just if I find a vocal that motivates me, and I really like want, I can just build a track around it straight away. But it's just trying to find that right vocal. 
and sometimes it takes hours but like a vocal can really really inspire me and just like make me finish a song in like a day no i totally agree vocals are so hard to like come across honestly <laughs> that, uh, when i first started producing i was like i found loads and i was like sick 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 and then you and then it's like after a while it's like splice is just i don't even use splice anymore yeah. just, and like so many people use the same kind of vocals and i don't know about you but if i hear a vocal that i already know from splice it just i don't like the song just as ruins much it, doesn't it yeah do you know do you know what i mean like I've, there's a there's a sample pack it's like it's like a 90s i forgot this i think yeah you take me like highs in it fields. No, 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 that's a diva one. That's a diva one. But that's a sick sample pad too. <laughs> no, it's, it's, like, it's like warehouse rave. It's like oh, okay. a yellow kind of picture. Yeah, yeah. Um, and so many people use vocals yeah. from it. And when I first started producing, I was like, yeah, these are sick. And I use them for a couple. And then I realized that so many people use them. And it's just yeah. like, for me, it kind of ruins the song. Only because I've heard it and I'm a producer. Yeah. Obviously, if I was like not a producer, I'd love it. But I don't know, for me it's really important to find a vocal that's not been used. Well, I think um, also it's about at the end of the day in, like we were saying in house, like there's so many samples that are used on a daily basis. Like, but yeah. for me, it's about how you use it in a different way to everyone else rather than yeah, just exactly. actually putting, putting the vocal in and just not doing anything to it. Like the, you take yeah. me higher vocal. I pitched it down and kind of did a few things but yeah. even like let's just like that's a sample we won't talk about where it's from but it's a sample mm. and but no it's one really, recognizable exactly yeah. and i think that's the thing it's like you have to be you have to be a little bit adventurous when yeah, when yeah, writing yeah. it it's like we've all heard the same sample we've all heard like let no man put us under but like a million times like that that record has been sampled so many times mm. but it's it's like when Butch did No Worries. Like, how he sampled that was just fucking genius. So, yeah, I feel like it can really take a producer to another level. If you're so, you know, it's just creativity, isn't it? If you really do mix yeah. it up. And for example, like Fortet, he samples so much, like, mm -hmm. you know, R&B and stuff, but it's unrecognizable. Yeah. But as soon as you go on, uh, I forgot what that website is. It, what's that website? Who sampled you? Oh, yeah, that's it. Yeah. And you go on four sets and it's like, what? Yeah. There's like 20 tracks that he's like used like brandy or like, you know, and then when you actually compare it, because it says where they actually, yeah. like, it, it's really cool. It says where actually from the YouTube video it is. And it's like, geez, that's so clever. Burial. Like Burial, for example, like he's just like the OG of. Burial, something. did you say? That's it, Burial, yeah. yeah. Dude, his like, stuff's insane. It's just, in, it, that just shows like, I don't know how he's even that creative with his kind of samples like his main i forgot what his main one's called but it's from um ray j like a famous ray j yeah. song and he's like that's so sick man yeah that and he so um crazy. he can you remember the game metal gear solid mm, yeah yeah so he would like sample the like gun when the like guns would uh the bullets the shells would like land on the floor he yeah, sampled yeah. like all the sounds from that and you can hear it in his songs and you're like this is just genius and he yeah. also didn't write on a grid so like his first album yeah, was, wasn't on yeah, a grid yeah. so it was like not four four not any in any time signature it was just like it had wild crazy, man. i've always he's, he's, uh, i've always wanted he's the to coolest dude yeah he's the coolest guy in the game by far and just doesn't I saw, like i saw him like say something but it was like i forgot along the lines but it was like you know artists producers like 
it's like something about not posting all the time and stuff, you know, like yeah. posting like, and it's like, it's so much sexier if you kind of just low key in the music game and just, you know, and for example, him, like he's just like the coolest dude ever. And obviously he's not like, he hasn't got all Instagram and all that shit. So I think there's two, I think there's two ways to look at it. Your music is either so unique or, and so amazing that you don't have to do anything else. Yeah, right. So you don't have to sell yourself, really. And everyone else does it for you, and everyone else talks about you because you're so unbelievably good. Mm-hmm. Um, or you're not necessarily as good musically, but you give back a little bit more to the community. If that makes sense. Yeah, yeah. And uh, like personality, is, is like really. It depends. Obviously, now people don't look upon it, but like, if you've got a good personality, like a you know, for, for example, Fisher, if he wasn't a crazy kind of Australian yeah. funny guy, he was just kind of born and didn't say anything. He wouldn't be as success, successful as he is now. Yeah. So it is important to kind of have a really good... Well, it's not important, but it helps sometimes to have a good personality and well, it's, 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 bad as it sounds, but... Yeah, it's that mixture, isn't it? It's like what makes you, you. Um, yeah. And there's there's different things that make everybody them. And... Let's say, yeah. for instance, like Eric Prids, right? Like he just makes fucking great records and and make puts on amazing shows. And obviously, he yeah. did cool on me and Bajanu and kind of the more like accessible records back in the day, which kind of gave him the, the like step up. Mm. But he was never like one for social media, never one for like being in front of the public eye. He's I'm, he's pretty shy, if you know what I mean. He's a pretty shy guy. Yeah. But then, yeah, yeah, but then, put puts on insane shows, and has just kind of built a community around him that's massive. Yeah. Um, but then again, like on the let's let's use Fish for another example. Like his records have done extremely well, and he's he was obviously an extremely successful surfer beforehand, and kind of mm. was successful before. But he was doing Cut Snake for many years, and then had his Fisher records and smashed it. And I think it's just, if there's, there's like one goal or like, there's like an, not an end goal, but one goal that everyone's kind of working to, but it just goes to show that there's just different routes that people take Mm. to get there. And I think there's no set route. If you know what I mean? Like if you tried to be Fisher now, you'd look like a right dickhead. (laughs) If you know what I mean? Because it's just not you. And I think that's the thing where, I think what a lot of younger people in the industry try and do is they try and be everybody else because you mm. it's natural, right? When you first write a record, you try and copy your your like favorite producers. Like mm-hmm. I when I first <clears throat> like not when I first started writing, but like Breach is one of my favorite producers. Absolutely yeah, love what awesome. he does. And I just tried to write Breach records. Yeah, and then I'm then, a sucker for that. I, it, it does help though a lot, you know, when you've got inspiration. It does. It is important. Like, let's just. I was inspired by quite a few things, and if it wasn't for them, I yeah. wouldn't have made it. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. So it does help a lot. I um, mean, that in that perspective, I agree. Who who do you uh, look for for like inspiration? At the minute, my number one is a Jekka. Like, I'm <laughs> obsessed with him, man. Like, uh, I should have I should have surprised you and brought him on. <laughs> you just shot your load. Hey guys, <laughs> be wiping no, the camera. Oh I'm like the biggest fanboy of a Jekka. Like, like I think even him, he's like really cool because he doesn't kind of 
post, you know, it's not about his personality at all. Yeah. He just lets the music do the talking. And like, I think since like, well, one of my favorite records, he mixed Cassius. Um, it was about two years ago and I was in H&M in Sheffield just doing my shopping and I heard it and I was like, this is really cool for H&M. And that track, I say it now, but that I show everyone my favorite music. Like, yeah. I, you know, as soon as I find a good record, I will send it to so many people. That track is the only track I've ever heard where I keep it to myself. Really? So, so I'll, let, I'll, I'll let you have it now. But it's I, because it's it's a reference track to Let's Just. So yeah. it's kind of like I kind of didn't want to. But it is just the best track ever. So it's a Jacka remix of Cassius. It's called Go Up. It's got like Pharrell and stuff, but it is just unbelievable. It's not it's a trance. Like, it's, it's a Jacka, not trance. The Jacka, yeah. yeah. It come out, I think, maybe three years ago. It was okay. like my first year of uni. And I just heard it. And I was, I was still into like, back then, Tech House was massive. So it's yeah, like yeah. Salado, Patrick Topping. But I heard this and I was like, it's proper breakbeat. And it's got like the amazing pads that it uses. And then it goes from like, like a piano riff, but just like in the background, like it's nothing too big. And then it kind of fades away and it, it kind of fades over the pad. And then like this awesome trancey kind of like melody comes in and on the breakdown, but it's not too much. It's just like, do, 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 do. and then like it builds up and then it just drops into the piano fully. And I'm just like, oh, this is just amazing. <laughs> and the break drums are so good in that track. So that's where I got the inspiration from. That's just from. I use it as like a reference track. Yeah. But like one track that I refuse to show anyone. So if anyone's listening, you you know. You're, <laughs> you're Game over now. Listening. Everyone's going to listen to it now. <laughs> it is know your such trick. an incredible record. Like three years on, I still listen to it and just go like, wow. And the thing is, it's like on YouTube, it's got a thousand plays. No That's way. like the most plays it's got. And that's why I treasure it so much. Yeah. Because Do you play it out? Record. I played it in my Brixton set last weekend for the first yeah. time ever because I, I had, my second from last track was Let's Just. And I was like, I don't want to end on that because it's just too obvious. You should have. Like I want, no, because it was just like, it was my second from last one. And I was like, I want to put one more in that's like, because obviously when I play Let's Just, I reckon people are like, oh, this is the closing one. And then I mixed in another break and people were like, oh shit, this guy knows <laughs> what he's doing. And I actually saw a few faces like, okay, okay. And then it's just, it ended this piano and it was just, it was gorgeous scenes, man. It was, so yeah, that was the first time I've actually played it. Because um, it's, it's I've, I've struggled to actually find the right environment to play it. Because um, my residency in Sheffield is quite a student night based. Yeah. So I can't really play like cool tracks like that. Because, you know, it's kind of based as a student night. And yeah. everyone just kind of wants like put your hands up 40 through it. No, not that, not that bad. But classic. Like, you know. That's a Classic. <laughs> Like a combat, like, you know, you got to mix out with. Uh... See, when I was in Ibiza, when I used to live in Ibiza, that was the record that like got big then. Really? Yeah, it was like one of the big, like the first. I think I was like sixteen. It is a, a low-key banger, you know. When it drops, it's like <laughs> <laughs> it's not the worst of songs. It's pretty cool. But um, Fetty Legrand back in the day, man. Oh yeah, but yeah, coming on to a jacket because I actually still want to speak about him. He's such a dumb man. However, he's ignored about five of my messages. So if he's listening, you know, I'm not we'll get him on. Him. Well, I've got his email, but I'm waiting because I've sent him about five Instagram messages and he just reads them and doesn't reply. But I've got his email now. So I'm waiting for like the right itinerary to just bomb him with some trancy goodness. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, oh, it's yeah. so funny that. It's so funny <laughs> when you're just like, uh, yeah, I get it with mates. 
on Instagram yeah. when they're like they DM you and then you're like respond and then there's nothing. It's like crickets in the background. <laughs> Tumbleweed. <laughs> yeah, and you're just like, all right, mate, chill out. <laughs> oh, good times. Uh, them, them mates annoy me though, and like you just they just never reply. It's like, dude, come on. Yeah, one wow. of my best mates from school, like he's actually the worst and he always has been like even in the room like you'd be talking to him and then he'd just go quiet and just completely ignore you <laughs> you're like mate you're right over there <laughs> <laughs> oh my god i oh my god you know i said i went to brixton on the weekend yeah i don't know what it is in london but girls there are crazy man <laughs> they were fucking mad honestly but it was one oh, i went to this pub after it was sick in shoreditch and there was like this table tennis and all my mates from the gig went and then we kind of met a few girls, but I knew one from like, oh, I hope she's not watching this, but I knew one, <laughs> <laughs> I knew one from uh, Ibiza and I, she was just chatting to me and I was obviously on a bit of a wave and there was table tennis in front of us and my mates were playing. So I was just sat there just like gorming into it because I love table tennis. She was chatting to me about how she knew knows one of my mates, and I was just there like, <laughs> "Oh, she kicked off so bad, like shouting at me." And literally, she what? made like everyone leave the pub, and I was like, "I'm only watching table tennis, man. <laughs> you know, but you know, you just gorming like I was just like, and then she just, oh my god, I can't say I can it, relate I, that I I like will ignore someone for table tennis, but I respect that." <laughs> <laughs> no, good. I swear I didn't. Unless I, I, I was drunk, but I wasn't that bad. But like, I swear I didn't ignore her for that long. She was just telling me. But you know, when someone's talking, you just, you just kind of just like <laughs> let them talk. And I was just like, next thing I know, oh, fucking hell, man. It right was... hook in the in the side of the <laughs> cheek. And then I had a few messages from like my friends the next day, like, oh, I heard about you and so so, and I was like. What? I've not even thought about it since. Like, leave me You're still thinking about me. table tennis, aren't you? <laughs> Bro, I love table tennis. I've done it in GCSE. I'm a bit of a don of it. Are you good? I'm sick. I'm, I was good, right? Because, you know, it started off. You know when you used to go on holiday and you used to have them games that everyone used to play? Yeah. You know, like, you used to, used to do, like, activities. Yeah. And I used to win every single time, like, against full-grown adults. And I was, like, 10. And I was beating like 40 year olds. And I was just like, honestly, I was so sick. And then I'd done it in GCSE. And my man, the PE teacher, was like, oh, you've got to do this. You've got, basically, you've got to serve it. You've got to like throw it up yeah. and then hit it. And I was like, well, this is shit. So then I didn't, I weren't as good as I thought I was. <laughs> it's like, you know, there's all these stupid rules where, oh, yeah, I weren't happy with it when I actually realized how to play it properly. So do you but, play properly now or do you play like an amateur? I haven't played since GCSE. <laughs> since what, so you I... didn't play on the weekend? <laughs> no. There's too many there's too many hot girls. I've seen one embarrass myself, man. I was just Because <laughs> I know I'd get really competitive and uh, yeah, I was just chilling in the corner. Well, I was chilling until that fucking, until that happened. But, uh, yeah. Crazy women. <laughs> it's funny though, man. Adds a bit of spice to the life. Um, yeah. Ibiza. You lived in Ibiza yeah. for a bit. Right? Yeah, two seasons. Yeah, yeah. What were you doing out there? Oh, man, I've got some funny stories. So, first, year, it was freaking hard, man. Like, I went out. I didn't actually know anybody. Like, I didn't know. And, like, I'm not it's even the best way. Anything. But it is the best way, isn't it? Because, um, and I got this flat, right? I got I got sold this penthouse. And I was like, this is going to be dope. <laughs> <laughs> you, know, <I'm> <laughs> you know, it's going to go down here. Was it on the West End? 
It is literally oh, on the West End. No. So for anybody that doesn't know what the West End in Ibiza is, the West End is like the place where all the Brits go to just get absolutely hammered. The clubs are pretty awful. <laughs> or they're not really clubs, they're bars. There's like all the strip joints. There's, it's just disgusting. And there's like this awful smell that you get from the street. As soon as you mentioned the West End, I, I had that Yeah, sense. we all know like, the I smell of the West End. Away. It's like oh, puke God. and piss and alcohol. <laughs> and they sell like vodka Red Bulls in like pint glasses. And Bro. it's disgusting. But yeah, anyway, carry on with your penthouse story. Oh God. So I got sold this penthouse. And I, obviously I was really new and like naive and everything. So... And it's really hard to get accommodation in Ibiza because everybody wants to go. And I, f- I saw this place and I was like, when you know it's in demand, you kind of just don't think. And I was yeah. like, I just want it, you know, because I, I, it was March and it was getting really close. And I was like, shit, I just need to get something. But it was like this amazing penthouse just next on West End. <laughs> it was like 15 floors up. It was a t- <laughs> it weren't just like a free floor thing. It was like a big, big thing. Were you in Moto Lewis? <laughs> No, and then anyway, so I got this thing. It was it was four hundred a month, so it wasn't that bad. Or was That's it, pretty no, cheap. Four two five a month. Four two five. Pretty cheap for a penthouse. You'll realise why it's cheap in a minute. Anyway, so the guy's cool, blah blah blah, and it's only made. I hope he's not watching this as well. Fuck it. But it's only <laughs> made for, for five people, right? It was an old Chinese. So there's one room, and then two rooms so yeah so two two and one my man had 15 people living in there. no way bro he he yeah you gotta watch it <laughs> but he wait he charged people 300 pounds a month to sleep on the terrace in a tent <laughs> and they weren't you can imagine Doesn't the type surprise of they me. were as well Oh my god! So I, it it wasn't bad because I met I met this guy and I'm really I'm really good friends with him now like we're like really close he's like double my age but obviously that doesn't matter but in our beef doesn't matter at all and he's scottish and he was the funniest per- like he's the only person that kept me in that flat and i shared a room with him. there was like three of us in this tiny room yeah and like he was like he's like oh he's just the funniest guy and um he kind of made me just stay there the whole season but like <laughs> there was just so much drama you can imagine with that many people in yeah. that space like there were some nice girls that come in, some nice, but they just let, they they only lasted like a month. But like there was just so much drama, and there was one dude, and it was horrible because I used to come in, and like there was like two people sleeping on like the couch, like in the living room. You know when you have to be quiet and stuff. And I was like, God. <laughs> so there was this dude, right? And oh my God, he was Australian, and he's, I think he lost his job, right? And he started losing the plot like majorly because he was just getting like pissed like every night like really badly and he was like pissing off everybody and there was one night oh my god there's this one (laughs) night he kept talking about my sister all the time and i was like at first i was like whatever i get that a lot i don't care is your sister hot shut up anyway (laughs) so then he kept going about it and i was like all right you're pissing me off now and then it's like midnight and i went to get a snack out the fridge just doing my thing and then he's there with a bottle of wine like and then i was like here we go and he's kept talking about my sister again and i was like say it one more time i'm gonna hit you because i was getting pissed off I really <laughs> hit him. I just, so he come over and he was like drunk as fuck and he was like giving me like a big hug anyway i launched the dude right and it, obviously it didn't take much he was 
piss, but he went flying and he knocked down all the plates with him, like in the kitchen. So they all smashed, and I was like, oh shit, he's not good. And I just saw him like slowly get up from the floor, like his, his face is just not good. And I was like, oh, here we go. He picked up a knife from the kitchen. No way. And I, was, I, was, I was trapped in the corner because there's like a bar and like a shelf, and I was trapped in like the corner. And he had this knife, and I was like, fuck, I'm about to die, and I'd be But you know what? It's not the worst of places. And he come closer, and he was like, you're lucky I'm in a good mood. And he just dropped it. <laughs> and I was like, shit, I just escaped death. And then later on that night, he got knocked out by one of the girls, and he actually got knocked out. Some girl karate kicked him, and he was cold. <laughs> It was the funniest shit I've seen in my life. Oh, yeah, man, was, I love Ibiza was, stories. I love oh, Ibiza. That, that was just every night there was something stupid, man. And like, he used to like, you know the canisters that you get for like NOS? Yeah. That's obviously laughing Ibiza, gas, people, if anyone Yeah, yeah. Know. And obviously in Ibiza, you get lightning quite a lot because of how, you know, how hot it is. And he used to just stand on the edge of like the balcony, 15 floors up with a, with a little like canister. When it was lightning, like he wanted to get like electrocuted. What? And, it wanted to hit him. and I was like, I was like, I need to get back to England ASAP. <laughs> this is too weird. But um, oh, it was funny, man. You know, I beef is I beef. It's just, it's what you make of it. Like, that, yeah. And I lasted the whole five months there. God Honestly, like, I literally had the best time of my life living in, when I used to live it's out so there. awesome, man. Like, it was just, the, the lows are very fucking low and the highs are very high. Like you can have the, but you can, ha- it can all happen in one day. You can have the worst day of your life and the best day of your mm. life in one day. And it's just. All your troubles are just like, yeah, like you said, there's no, you don't really, you get lows, but you just shrug them off. Like, the, you know, cause it's just so good. Or just just everyone like, partying and everyone's just having fun. And it's like, it's just a view. It's just the sun. It's the sunset. The sea. It's just good for you. Yeah. Your ment- like mental health. Like it's just, it's so kind of. But another st- funny story, this is because for work, I was struggling for the first month and it was it was so hard, like getting work out there because only because I got there in June as well. You're supposed to get there for like May, aren't you? Yeah. Um, so what was my first job? I think selling yeah, tickets mate, unemployed for no, that was my second one. selling tickets for pucker up boat parties. <laughs> <laughs> no, I didn't go that low, man. I didn't go that low. But um. Yeah, so me and my mate were unemployed for like a month and it was actually shit because all my mates were getting these amazing jobs and I was just there. Like, and when you're unemployed in Ibiza, everybody says the same thing. You think it's fun, but after like two weeks and you're doing nothing, you've got no routine, yeah. you're partying like most nights and you're getting up at like one, two o'clock, you just feel shit. Yeah. It's like you need a routine when you go out there. And um, it's so funny. So my first job, believe it or not, I went straight in the deep end and worked at Cafe Mambo. Oh, stop, dope. What were you doing? I there? lied about my waitering experience. I've never <laughs> been a waiter in my life. And I was lied about, you know, I, I can wait, blah, blah, blah. And it was a week before big Radio 1 weekend. So it was, like, it was like so busy. Oh, no, it was July. And then, yeah, it was somewhere around then. Because I remember I was looking forward to Radio 1 weekend. And then like, oh my God, it was, I'll never forget that job. It was like, I didn't know how hard it was to hold a tray. Drinks. <laughs> yeah. I've never done it in my life. But I was like, oh, come on. It can't be that. Like, oh, balance it. It was horrific. My first, my first, I served this couple. All it was was orange juice and Coca-Cola. And I dropped it straight away on her lap. And I just, <laughs> I just froze. And I was like, oh my God. 
And she was just like, are you going to get a tissue then? But I literally just froze. I was like, <laughs> I was like, yeah, I'll get a tissue. And then um, it just kept, I kept, just kept dropping them. And you know, Catherine Mambo is like the most like, in the, San Antonio. The yeah. yeah and all like the top dogs, like Steve Aoki's always there, MK. And I'm like, fucking hell, like, there's me dropping cans of <laughs> beer everywhere and stuff. And like, Did I, you get just, sacked? I remember there was a, yeah, I lasted <laughs> a week, which I thought was really good for me. Like, because I remember like the sixth day, I was like, I heard about people getting sacked in that. And I was like, how am I not being sacked yet? I was like, I must be doing quite good. Because I was actually learning. I was like, I started really bad and then I was getting quite good. And it was, oh, it was a tough job, man. Who sacked you? Like, what's his name? Was it Johnny? Uh, no, not Johnny. Alex, uh, Alex I think. Okay, yeah. He's English. He's, yeah, he's, yeah. Uh, but yeah, um, it was, oh, it was, I don't know how to do it because it was nine hours a day, six days a week. And like, you used to have to carry like 10 bottles at a time. And my wrists were in agony at the end of the shift. Like I'm talking like I couldn't get to sleep sometimes. It was that painful. Need to up your wanking game, mate. <laughs> <laughs> it, honestly, it, it helped, but it was just like, Jesus. I was like, but there were some horrific stories. I remember like there was like a Hindu of 10 people and I had like 10 drinks. The, f- <laughs> the feeling of dropping them drinks next to a group of 10 when it was rammed and everybody heard the smash glass, your heart literally goes down to your balls. And I was like, fuck. Did I was you drop actually like, I actually, I actually wanted to cry every shift. Did you drop them? Yeah. Mate, that was just <laughs> one of many times. I must have I wasted about 200. Nah. How? I bet I wasted about 300 euros worth of drinks. Jesus. Because there was, it's stupid, the layout. They have like these little like lights on the ground, like a little like a, a little mold on the yeah. ground, so dangerous. So I'd be you just trip over like them. Ten yeah. bottles, and I'd just go, <laughs> it's just going everywhere. And one time, the bouncer actually knocked into me, and oh, that was bad. That smashed them all. But yeah, anyway, I got sacked from that job. But I got a decent wage. I got like four hundred for the week, so I lived off that for like the rest of the month. Really. They pay all right. They work. They work you hard, but it's they really pay all right. Good. For like yeah it was like with the bonuses the tips are really good like a loan a yeah. month for like 700 euro yeah and then yeah. plus like 1600 so you're coming home with like you know 2300 a month yeah. which is really good like a lot of people that work there just work their asses off and then just go traveling like yeah. after that's that's generally what the what happens in ibiza the people that act not like you're like West End kind of in ticket sellers mm. it's people that actually have a proper job out there they generally work for like solidly for like six months or five months and then just go mm. to like Southeast Asia and just travel for the winter and then just go back. And it was kind of like, it's kind of like the Ibiza thing to do. Um, yeah. It is good fun. Did you ever play out there yeah. much? Oh my God. I've got so many funny stories. Like the first time I played was horrific. It was like a place called Code. No, not Code. Um, that was the name of the night. It was called it's one of the it's quite a popular bar in west end um i forgot what it's called now um anyway but like i wasn't i was this was like three years ago so this is when i kind of like i didn't take djing that seriously and like i had a residency and stuff but like by this time when i was djing when i had this gig it was like four months about playing because i don't have decks at home 
and I got all my mates to go there. I was like, I had like a few of the like some top dogs go there that I've met at like the solid groups party, you know, really. Like, so I was like, we'll come, we'll bring everyone. And they were like the shittiest decks. They were like 900s or something. And I just went on and it was, I couldn't mix. Train It was horrific. I was just like, it was so embarrassing. Like, I would never fit. It was the worst night of my life, I think. <laughs> and I, I was just like, oh, I was so embarrassed. And then um, something else happened that night. It's a bit too private. And it was just the worst <laughs> night of my life. It was involved with a girl. But um, it was Always the worst night you. of my life, man. Um, so, yeah. But that was, and then after that, I didn't play once in beef. I was scarred for life. I was like, you know, when you just have like a really shit set. And I was like, I don't want to do it again. So I just thought... I just leave it. I just, it's too much stressful. I've already got at the minute because I was still unemployed. Um, but then last year I, I had like a residency at Ibiza Rocks Bar. Um, I played at like Sankey's. The toilet raves were so sick yeah. at, at Sankey's. It's called Octan now. Yeah. I, I played there like every week and they went off so much. Because like, in the main room it was like um, Apollonia, whatever you say it. And it was like, it was quite like, uh, 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 I don't know. They're quite like minimal. And like, so it was like, but it was really minimal. It's yeah. like nothing changes at all. So like in the toilets, it's run by like um, this like gay community called like You Okay Hum. Yeah. And mom, they just smash it out of the park. It really? was like, there was no bouncers or anything. So everyone could do what they wanted in there. Yeah. And like there was people just dancing, like all on the sinks, like hot, like birds just like dancing everywhere. And everyone just went mental over it. Like... And the music, they just, they wanted just, like, really cool house. Like, I played, like, Detroit Swindle and, like, yeah. you know, kind of, like, everything. Like, I mean, it, was, it was a bit like a mall grab set. It was just, like, disco, techno. And it was just, like, ah, oh, it was one of the funniest sets I've done because everybody's just, like, because, you know, when you go for a piss, you just expect to go for a piss and then that's it. Yeah, when yeah. you walk into the toilet and everybody's having it off, you're like, mate, this is sick. Yeah. And people just stay in there for, like, the whole night. Like they used to love it so much. Yeah, that's the so that best. Was, that was definitely one of the highlights last year. The best thing about Ibiza is that you can kind of do parties like that, and they're they're just there's just parties everywhere. So like, eventually you're gonna kind of come across <laughs> somewhere that's really fucking good, and like, I'm staying. This is this is me for the night. It's great. Mm -hmm. oh, yeah, I miss like it so much. Like everybody's in like a, a the best mood in the toilets because like because it's so <laughs> enclosed, everybody's just like shoulder to shoulder just like on, I don't know what it is about a toilet but everybody's just so happy when they're raving <laughs> I think it's just because it's so unique yeah you um, don't get it anywhere else because so no, it, it started it, it started it privilege manumission years ago and mm -hmm. they used to have a DJ in the toilet there and then it didn't happen for years in Ibiza and then I think High was the next was the next club to do it which used to yeah. be Space um and then a load of other people started kind of jumping on it. And it's, it's fucking mm. great. Because it's, it's always small, isn't it? Toilets it is are never small. massive. So there's like, it's like never this like, it's not like a big club where it's not that intimate. It's like a proper intimate sweat box. Yeah, they do work really well. Like I mean, but at, like, at high people just staying in the whole time. Yeah. I don't actually know what it is. I think it's just because it's so unique. People are just so like happy about it. And yeah. Like, like I said, it's quite an intimate space. So I think people like that compared to like, especially compared to high when it's just massive. Yeah. And when you contrast from that, the toilets, it's just like people just love it. Right. Also, I, I think you've got the DJs, like if especially you have like bigger artists playing in the toilets, you kind of get that 
experience that you're never going to get as, mm. a, as a go as like a club goer. It's like, when was the last time you saw like, I don't know. Like, it was like MK bats back Idris Elba in the toilet. Yeah, like, like, what the f- when, like, what? that's crazy. When's that ever going to happen in your life that in a 50 cap room that you're ever going to see that? Yeah. It's never going to happen. So I think it's just these like special experiences that people enjoy. And I'd much prefer playing in like, like things like that when you can just tell everyone there is just fucking having it and like no yeah you can, you can see the reaction yeah. so much better can't you yeah definitely i much prefer that so, so do you reckon you're yeah, gonna go back too. out when when rona fucks off well that's like, i was planning i have a holiday but for the beginning of october but like i have a few mates out there and they're just saying that everything's closing now mm. like hotels are closing for good so like nothing's open so we're not i'm not going this year but I don't know. Next year, I want to go, but I'm hoping to be at a stage of my music where, like, maybe I just don't need to go anymore. Yeah. You know, like, so I can just focus on studio and stuff. And fingers crossed, if clubs are kind of back open by next summer, then hopefully I'll just be, you know, going to hopefully get booked for gigs. Play a few shows. And I reckon if I, if, if I was to go Ibiza, it'd just be difficult to kind of do gigs throughout summer. Do you know what I mean? So it, it just depends on the circumstances. Yeah, I, I think we had the conversation. Yeah. I think we had the conversation, yeah, we didn't did. we? Like, for me, when I was living in Ibiza, I had to, like, get out of Ibiza and get out of being the resident DJ and kind of, like, step mm. out of that to, like, then take my career to the next level. Just purely because, like, no disrespect, I've got a lot of mates that were residents in Ibiza, but you're just a resident and there's no real... You don't really go any further any like at all i guess like andrea oliver is like he was a resident at ants but it was kind of his night and that's kind of built him up Mm. but it was a huge night and he's also a great producer and tours around the rest of the world um but there isn't anyone really else that has kind of out of a residency built this amazing fan base and kind of tours the rest of the world really um Mm -hmm. i just think it's just key to just concentrate on writing your music because your music is going to be the one that actually gets you the gigs in the grand scheme of things yeah i feel yeah beef is like a short-term thing you know you just enjoy the minute and you you know you're loving the present time but you like you said if you write in music that's what's going to be the long term you know what i mean like it's like anything like you can go out there and have fun but once the season's over it's like you know i could have spent this time making some really good music that would get me even further so yeah you are right with that it's so hard to write music out there as well it is man it's so everybody always thinks they can yeah because like you know you're not gonna party every night are you but like the night's off you just want to go to bed or you just want to chill and like you're not in the right like uh frame of mind when you're out there to make music it's always hard you're inspired a lot you're yeah you're inspired a lot obviously but i used to because when i was producing out there i used to just Oh, my my apartment was horrible. It's like there was no aircon whatsoever. Yeah. My beds were always just like sweaty and yeah. horrible. And I was like just laying on my belly on my laptop, just making music. <laughs> yeah. And I was like, this is not, yeah, this is not healthy to no. be doing it like this. It's not good. Um, it's not good at all. I remember I, I used to drive out there. Um really? Yeah, and I took like monitor speakers out. Um, yeah, a few people do that. And I, I had, I like set it up as like a bedroom studio, and I literally probably turned it on like four times. Really, throughout a whole summer, it's just like. So even if you have like a bedroom studio, it's still like 
not really. Well, work. I think the thing is, is in Ibiza, if you want to actually work, earn money, you have to work a lot. Mm-hmm. And if you want to earn good money, you have to, you're working seven days a week. And yeah, I think like yeah. producing, you need a routine where you're like, even if you work full time when you're producing, you're full time, like in normal life is like nine to five, if you know what I mean, which is fine. And yeah. then you have like, get home, have dinner and you can get in the studio for like three hours. Whereas mm-hmm. working full time in Ibiza is working seven days a week, 12 to 16 hours a day. Mm. no time off and you're just like that's what i was doing I, some days i was doing like 20 hour shifts like just working like doing two jobs and you're just like I, you can't become you can't get creative in in that no. kind of that kind of the mindset. sun is so draining as well i think the difference yeah. of here and i be for it's like when it's so hot and even at night when it's like 30 degrees mm. it's like just so hot isn't it what jobs did you do out there then so my first so i moved there when i was my first season was when I was 17. Mm-hmm. That's young. Um, but I only did like two months out there then, I think. I just saved okay. up. I saved up two mu- like two months of money. I was just like, look, I'm just mm-hmm. going to go out and see what I can do. Um, and I played a few times at Orange Corner, which was next to Ibiza Rocks. Cafe. Yeah, I remember you saying, yeah, yeah. But Orange Corner was like the place to go then. Like you used to have like raves all day long there and you used to get to the point where you couldn't even get to the decks because there were so many people like partying. It was mental. Yeah. 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 And I used to play in Hush a couple of times as well when Hush was kind of like a dope place to go. Um, was Hush, because was, it's moved, it moved a few, just, I, was Hush like just off the West End? Yeah. Hush used to be yeah, on a corner. It used to be really cool. Patrick. Used to be yeah, fucking that's right, yeah. amazing, mate. Like, it was like the it was the first workers bar, so what would happen? It was mm-hmm. it, it was it would go on to like six, seven, eight in the morning, and everyone would just all the workers would finish their work in the West End or like a cafe yeah. member on it and just end up there. So it just it was mental, like every night. Yeah, I've been told that because it closed down because of the whole law thing, yeah. the whole three o'clock thing. But I did been I've been told like that used to be like the place. Yeah, for workers, there's just nothing like that anymore. It's so annoying. Yeah, it's weird. It's really weird. Um, but yeah, so I was there when I was seventeen, and then I was also living in a in an apartment with. There was a couple in the bedroom, and then in the in the lounge was me on the floor, and then there was a a girl like a French girl that was traveling, and then there was a bouncer. There was a bouncer at Eden, and so there was like five of us in like a tiny one bedroom apartment. Um, and then the next year I just kind of like made some contacts and the next year I was planning and going and then I got a call offering me to be a resident at Orange Corner because the oh, guy, because the guy that was resident wasn't, he was working for like tool room or something like that. Um, yeah. so yeah, I, I was super lucky that my first job was actually a residency out there. Um, and then, yeah, it's hard to get, isn't it? Yeah, and seven days a week, 12, 12 hours a day. So I'd get there for, what? I'd get there for one or twelve in the afternoon, like twelve in the afternoon, and then I'd play mm. twelve till seven or twelve till six, and then have an hour off, and then come back eight till one. But I was also oh, the, was this DJing. Yeah. 
you DJ for that long? Yeah, every day. <laughs> every day? Yeah. What? And then I also... I'd bloody... I'd get sick of it. I'd also book, like, other people to play. Um, so we That's did, like, yeah, a yeah. couple of, like, guest spots and things like that. But I was also, like, the PR manager at the time. So I would, like... So, you know, like, for anybody that doesn't know, a lot of, like, restaurants and stuff sell tickets to clubs. Um, and that was, like, in the days where it was, yeah. like, everyone was selling tickets to clubs. So my best mate was living with me out there at the time and he was like selling tickets at the, at, at, at the front of the uh, orange corner. So we were just like working all the time, but it was great. Um, this sounds dope, man. Mate, that sounds was, really good. It was so good. I can't good. believe you DJ for that long though. Yeah. Like every day, every that just day. drives me crazy. And then I got the next year I was doing the residency and then I got a job at Kanya. Kanya offered, asked me to be the resident there. So I moved over Sick to life, there, yeah. um, and also I was. That's when I did uh, started doing like production work, where I was started recording DJ sets for like BBC and other radio stations with Tom Brown, who I had on the mm. podcast a couple of weeks ago. Um, oh yeah. So yeah, my my day would be I'd wake up, go to drive to Kenya, play. It was pretty much the same. Start at twelve till six. And then you'd have to be back for sunset because it was su- like it's a sunset bar. So you then you'd play sunset yeah. and play till twelve. And sometimes there used to be like eighteen thirties parties after that. So that would be like till like two, like twelve till two, and you mm-hmm. just have a bunch of fucking eighteen to thirty year olds getting <laughs> hammered and fingered on the dance floor, wasted. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> And I've, then, been, I've been told that Kenya used to be like the place. Like, used they used to, to have like really cool pool parties. Yeah, and stuff. even but like when before I was there, it used to be the place. When when I was there, it was kind of Mambo had kind of taken over massively. Oh really? Um, but we we did occasionally have like a couple times a week. We'd have some like crazy parties in the day. Yeah. Um, and then after my Kenya, I would then go and go to straight to a club. So I'd go straight to space or straight to amnesia or whatever, and then record sets in amnesia. Mate, I remember, oh my God, <laughs> this was all I was playing. I was, I wasn't playing. I was recording a set of privilege and I had to, what we'd have to do is we'd have to go in and put the, um, the cables in the back of the mixer. Right. Which is always the worst thing when someone's DJing. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Privilege, full club. What? I fucking turned the mixer off by accident. No. <laughs> Literally, the, the, the whole system went dead. But oh, they got God. like the biggest reaction ever. Like so it just went mental. Yeah, yeah. Because I've had that in my residencies when I've like, uh, I don't even know why someone stopped it or whatever. And like, when you turn the music back on, you get the biggest yeah. roar. And it's kind of like, shit, I might do that more often. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> It's good. I can't remember who it was, but it was like one of like the OG guys. Yeah. It was like Roger Sanchez or something like that. And he was like always, I think it was an interview that he wanted. Anyway, I can't remember who it was. And they were like, sometimes the best thing to restart a night and restart a vibe is just act like the power just went out and just turn <laughs> the music off. Yeah. It gets everyone. And then you just like it. completely yeah. reset your set and you just like. Like for for me, when I DJ in a lot, especially like a festival set or something like that, I like make like an intro track. 
So it like completely, yeah, 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 yeah. I'm not like mixing into what the DJ beforehand was playing. And it it can be a bit like egotistical, but it's like, no, this is what I'm doing. And this is like how I'm going to start my set. It and kind of resets it, doesn't it? Yeah. I do like it when I do that. Yeah. I so think it kind of just starts with like pads or something and yeah. like kind of works its way up. Yeah. Yeah. It's, uh, I, I used to have this intro set, intro song. <laughs> Oh my god, this this would be funny. This is a good story. I don't think we knew it. we didn't know each other then. Yeah. So, you know, like how like sirens in like house music is like, or like rave music music is mm. like the thing. Yeah. So I made this like record that has like an intro of like a minute of like sirens. <laughs> right. <laughs> and it's fucking loud and like it's proper in your face. So I was playing at Cross Festival and it was, I was like second, I was like second from headlining but, and Dusky were playing after me. Sick. So I was like, I played the siren record and it's like an, a minute of sirens right before. And then it just like tur- goes into this massive, I'll send it to you. It goes into this. So like is this massive, to start off your set? Yeah. This is start, start the set. Anyway, yeah. go. it always works. It always goes down. Like, a day later on Twitter, someone was like, I can't believe you played Sirens for that long. Like it made me like, it, it triggered me. And I didn't think anything of it. Like I was like, I thought he was generally just like pissing about and like taking a bit. So I was like, sorry, mate, I'm sure you'll get over it. <laughs> mate, like for like a good 24 hours, there were like people fighting on Twitter the fact that like either trying to defend me or say that I was irresponsible for playing sirens. I'm just like, what the fuck? It was hilarious. And now I just get loads of people just take the piss out of me. And like, you're going to play the sirens again. (laughs) So you've not played it. No, I always play it. I always play it. It was just like, I was like, dude, just stop taking so much acid and chill out. (laughs) I don't get why people care so much about shit like that. Like, I don't get it. You know, when they just like have to say something online, it's just like everyone to themselves. I think this sounds fun. this sounds awful, and I'm not kind of bad mouthing anyone, but mm. it's a very American thing. Um, yeah, I think I think in the UK, people kind of just keep themselves to themselves a little bit more. Um, yeah, although yeah, the yeah. UK is turning more and more like America in in kind yeah. of online stuff. But I think it was, it's an American festival. It's one of my favorite festivals actually ever to play, but mm-hmm. it's California kind of people are a lot more like open to share their feelings online and kind of, yeah, mm. just how it is. Just yeah. Laugh, I, I remember you saying that you prefer living in the UK to America. Is that still, does that still stand? Yeah, man. I live in the middle of fucking nowhere. It does look sick. It does no neighbors. It's like I've got my family around here. Greenfields, like, it's fucking great. I can tell that you just love that kind of scenery anyway. So, yeah. you know, it helps. But yeah, it does look sick. Some of the walks you do in that, I'm like, is that, is that is he even in England right now? Like, <laughs> it looks crazy. Yeah, like, I'm lucky. The only, like, yeah, I just want to build a house in the middle of nowhere and just not have to see anyone. <laughs> it sounds like really like considering we we're like DJs and like we're sociable in DJs, but like when I'm not DJing, I kind of like bit, insular and just kind of want to like, yeah, I just, I don't know. 
living, I, lo- I do actually really like living in America mm. and I'm kind of getting a bit of an itch to go back um, to a certain extent. But when I go back to Detroit, as much as I love Detroit, it's, I have this like love-hate relationship with Detroit where it's like, it's kind of sad where it's, it's like such a like trodden down city. And as much as it's like, it's kind of being revamped, it's still pretty depressing when you, you're just like, this shouldn't, like nowhere should be like this, if you know what I mean. It, especially really? in the Western world. It's, it's kind of, it's pretty sad, but the people... Have, places are like run down and stuff. Very, yeah. Really? But also you're just like, this shouldn't happen. This shouldn't be happening in like anywhere in this world. Like, like kids shouldn't be starving, if you know what I mean. Mm. Like pe- people shouldn't be dying when we live in such a throwaway society on it's just mm-hmm. it's just bullshit but it's crazy isn't it it, yeah. it kind of makes you realize how lucky we are as well hey, we're people, so lucky. you know like, like you know our troubles our day-to-day troubles is nothing compared to these type of people you know like me just getting annoyed over i can't make music for the day like really yeah. good stuff but like you know what i mean people are like starving like you said so just yeah it makes you think doesn't it yeah i think i think it's we live in England is actually as much as people talk shit on it. It's actually a fucking great country. And yeah. we, we get so much given to us that we take for granted. If you know what I mean? Yeah. 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 Like just like we have the right to healthcare. <laughs> I know. <laughs> like crazy, guys, we man. can go to the doctors whenever we want and we can guarantee, well not guarantee, but if, if you have a car accident, if you have a heart attack, whatever, you pretty much guaranteed that you could be made better and for, mm. and for free. <laughs> that is just crazy. You have to pay for it over there, isn't it? You got to pay for it in most countries. Get my head around that. Yeah, nearly every mad. country in the world, you you have to. It's just ours don't, and mm. people take it for granted here and kind of bitch about it. But we're so fucking lucky. Yeah. So another thing with America, like why I just, I just think everything just seems, especially at the minute, everything's just so crazy with like, you know, with Trump, which hopefully he gets, gets yeah. kicked out. But like, just all like the, you know, what's been going on in the news basically, it's just like, it just seems crazy. Like England's not like that at no. the minute anyway, from what I've, what I've gathered. Nothing but, like it. Nothing, nothing like it. I think it's just because it's so big as well, isn't it? Like, it, you yeah. know, it's just huge compared to us. Yeah. It's like 350 million people. You're just like it's wild. You can't, you can't, not control. Control is not the right word, but you can't. There's so many different types of people, so many different types of people that are from different cultures and different backgrounds and everything, and mm. y- you can't please everyone. Mm-hmm. Yeah, everyone's so diverse, aren't they? Yeah, and like here, and I feel like, yeah. Go on, carry on. I just feel like with Americans, they're just so extra anyway. Like, you know, they're just like... Sorry, America. <laughs> sorry, yeah. I feel like they're, you know, they're very opinionated and they're just quite... No offence, they're just a bit more... Yeah, they've got a lot more personality and a bit more, you know, I don't know. That's what, passion. That's kind of what I've got when I go over there. Passion, yeah, yeah. Mate. It's, it's yeah, that patriotism it. and passion is kind of like... It's weird because, like... I'll tell you how I feel like mm. pretty, but there is like, is that either it's, it's that it's just not, we're just not used to it in the English culture. Mm-hmm. If you know what I mean? Like if you're a dick, someone will tell you that you're being a dick, but yeah. then also if they 
really like you, they're going to tell you that they really like you. And it's like, it's, it's just, it's black and white. Isn't it's it? just like turned up to like 11, if you know what I mean. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. But I, I, I kind of like it as well. Kind of, I do, I do like the, the culture in America. There's a lot of opportunity to kind of be successful if, if you're mm. willing to work for it. Whereas I think here in the UK, a lot more people want to be given everything um, okay, yeah, yeah. rather than realize that they have to fucking work for it. If that makes sense. <laughs> yeah. yeah, it does. It does. hundred percent. So do you think, so do you see yourself saying anything like based in England now for like your kind of career or what have you got? Have you had any ideas? Man, I've got to go fucking get, flow. Got to fucking get booked in England first. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I, I, I don't doubt you will. When, when the clubs are back open, that's just, yeah, I, I don't know. Like most of my work is in America, so I'm probably going to have to go back there. Um, don't get me wrong. The eventually, I'd love to be playing more worldwide and a lot more over in the UK and in Europe. That is that. That is the plan. Um, but hey, we can only control that to a certain amount. And at the end of the day, like if America is where it is, America's where it is for me. Um, yeah, but there's plans in place to with like my teams to kind of start moving more things to, to the UK. And that doesn't mean that I'm mm. like abandoning America. Cause I absolutely love playing out there. I have so much fun, but for me, it's mm. just, I just want to kind of like spread my wings a little bit and have the opportunity to, for people to hear me play in, in, yeah. in different places in the world. Um, the thing with America is so big that you can literally just tour America all year. And yeah, you, it's so big. There's so many fucking cities. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. so you can kind of get into this bubble where you're just playing. Like last year, I didn't play anywhere else apart from America. It's crazy. It just shows how big it is, isn't it? It's crazy. Yeah, yeah it's mad. But like I always, I always, I, f- I fought a couple of times with like, obviously the same as myself. It's really bad time with the whole COVID thing and let's just coming out. Mm. But with you, especially, I feel like you were completely going in the right way with, <laughs> you know, with, with the UK, yeah. like as soon as you take me higher, and obviously you got Hallelujah. I feel like the ink, like people here love that shit. And it's like you were going in such a, you know, it was going to happen. But yeah. it's just such a, like you, like myself. It's just such shit timing, isn't it? But I think yeah, I, I totally agree. I think the thing that I'm lucky with is that I have like a bit of a following in different countries. Like I have a following in America. Mm-hmm. So although yeah, clubs are closed and they're shit. Fingers crossed. Like when the clubs open up again, I'll start getting bookings and mm-hmm. kind of not really worried about that. It, it's something that crosses your mind. Um, but yeah, it, it's tough. I feel sorry for the people that have had big records during this time. And it's their first big record. And it's like, kind of, it's like, I don't know what's going to happen when the clubs open again. Are people going to be playing the big records? Or, or mm. are, gonna, are people going to be? I like, always wonder. Yeah. Like, I don't know. I think, like, I got my next record coming out in October. Um, and I'm like, are people going to be playing that when the club's open again? I don't know. It is hard, isn't it? Because I, I think that. I'm like, are people going to forget it in a year's time? Or, like, I yeah. don't know. Right, it's, time will tell, won't it? How is the social... Like Go on. Well, no, yeah, I feel like if they're good enough, people will play them. Yeah. People will want to see how the crowd reacts. Definitely. Uh, what was you saying? How was uh, the social distancing gig? 
really fun. Like, yeah. honestly, it was really, I, I want to get, yeah, I want to start doing more. It was like, because the venue was really cool. It was like, you had the courtyard and then the beach. It was at Brixton Jam. So every DJ had a set in each one. So mine was the first one was the courtyard. It was cool, but it was more like a, a pub back garden. Yeah. It's like, it wasn't a vibe. It's like, it was a vibe, but everyone was kind of spread out. And I think it's because it was early on as well. But then I went to the beach and I had the closing set at the beach, yeah. which is like the main part, which I was really happy about. And like the beach, it's like sheltered. It's all like sand. It's pretty cool. And like all the tables are kind of like not too far from each other. And like it was such good fun. It was obviously different with the yeah. circumstances, but like it was good because it was just really sociable. Yeah. And like they weren't too strict. Like I had another table of mates and like we can kind of just go back and forth. And yeah. you know, it wasn't stay in your seats and you have to stay yeah, there. Yeah. It's kind of like, but it was a good vibe, like you know, because obviously there's nothing going on. So given the circumstances, it was really good fun. That's I cool. enjoyed it. Yeah, I don't know how I feel about them. There's like obviously the like one that Patrick did, um, mm. and there's like a few going around. I was talking to Yusef the other day, and he sent me like a, vi- a couple of videos of ones that he's done. And I'm just, mm. it's just, it's 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 different. I don't know how long it's going to last, um, mm-hmm. but it's definitely. Definitely an interesting concept. I think if, as long as it's kind of keep industry going, I think that's one of the main yeah. things. You know, it's still still money getting pushed in and stuff. Like if it's if it's if that's what it takes, then that's what it takes. Like, but I think it's better than nothing. It's it's some it's something for people to just go out go. and meet their friends yeah. and have good music. Yeah, like the, the Brixton Jam, the lineups are so good. Yeah. Like they've got like well, this week they've got like Eat Everything. Um, they've had Hammer. Horse Meat Disco, Dennis Sola. So it's like it's really cool acts. Yeah. Um, so yeah, it's just a bit of a bugger because you have to, it's just tables only. And like, they're like 150 for like the cheapest one. So it works out like 30 ahead kind of thing. It's and then expensive. you got to get the drinks on top. So it, it's quite an expensive day, but if you do it every so often, it's not too bad. Well, I think that's the thing, isn't it? I think that's what's going to probably happen is you're going to get a lot of bigger DJs that play smaller venues mm. but the tickets are going to be a lot more expensive yeah 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 bit of to a be bummer, fair. But... is what it is people is, is what, what it is, is. we move you... we adapt yeah definitely what have you uh what have you got coming out music wise i've got a remix coming out um i think it's in about a month's time it's a bit of a top secret uh, artist. I nearly I said have... who it was. <laughs> <laughs> well, like what what I've gathered in, even with like, because I've been doing events for like the past three years and just of anything in general, I cr- trust, try and just not tell anyone's shit anymore. Yeah. Because like when you start telling people stuff, it's like a lot of the time it doesn't happen. Doesn't happen like, you know, yeah. like interviews and if you're meeting a girl or something and it's like the more you tell and if it goes <laughs> shit it's like you've got to tell everyone after that and i even i just like kind of just showing people you know yeah. when it does happen and i've really tried to not tell anyone about the remix um and i'm sharing it with two i'm sharing it with paul wolford and melody so it's really like i'm really kind of proud of it because yeah. they're two artists that i kind of you know i look up to um so yeah that's out in october and um i've got a, I've, I've got a few more of stress um and other, some other labels that i'm kind of locking in with so cool man but yeah no it's, it's going really well it's i'm i've got like an artillery now where i'm just really comfortable with until like next summer yeah and i feel like i'm so happy with it because i'm not as stressed yeah like after let's just i was like shit shit i've got yeah. to make some music to follow up and now i have i'm just like 
I'm not pressured in judo anymore. Like I yeah, feel really yeah. good. Yes, so it, good. it for me. I've always over the last like two years, maybe eighteen months. It, I've always like had like a good plan of what's coming next, um, or what's coming next. Like mm-hmm. for like three releases. And it's always helped me because it's just like there's no pressure when you get in the studio. I, I think for me now, I'm literally, I've got an A&R session with my team uh, probably at the end of September. And mm-hmm. I think we're good until like 2022. And you're just like, it's, it's such a nice feeling because it's unbelievable. Yeah. Because you're just like, well, I'm kind of, I'm still going to be writing music and I'm just going to be trying to write better music. Mm-hmm. And if something's not better, then it just gets scrapped. Um, and it, or it's just a tool for the club. So it, I, I am a firm believer of planning and making sure that you've got everything locked in. Um, cause it just makes the studio so much nicer. So much yeah. more fun. And like I was saying with the whole, you know, like you said, 2022, I feel like for me personally, I hate pressure. Like yeah. I really do. Like it depends, like it depends what content like pressure when you've got a gig. I love it. Yeah. But like when it comes to like pressure of like making music and stuff, it really does have an effect on me in the studio. Well, it, being like, being creative shouldn't be pressure. You shouldn't have pressure when you're being creative. Yeah. I think I think deadlines can work for me. I don't know about you, mm-hmm. but like having a deadline, if it's a remix or something like that, that does help me. But when you're trying to create something like brand new, like and being like, I need to write a record as good as Let's Just, or I need to yeah, do this. Yeah. It's fucking not fun, man. It's not it's fun. It's not at all. It's not. That's the only thing with like with with the whole let's just be my debut release. It's just like the only thing with that is just everyone's gonna it's just the comparing and it's just like oh, I'm just gonna get bored. Like it's good because a lot of people, a lot of my demos, people are like, this is better than let's just and all yeah. this. But like it's it's just constantly that kind of, you know, I don't mind it, but it's what it is. But, is it is it comparing or is it is it just a case of quality? Is that you mm. You want it to be as good as Let's Just, yeah. but not necessarily that it's the same record or anything like that, but it's just as good quality. Yeah. Because Let's Just is a, fu- it's, it's produced really well. It's a really fucking mm. good record. And I think that's the thing is like, do you, do you want to release a record that's the same? No, you don't. But you want to release a record that is just as, as like quality as that right yeah yeah that makes sense yeah it's yeah. a tough one it's a tough one but the minute the minute you've written a big record is everyone wants that over and over again exactly exactly yeah that's and, what i've seen like a lot of comments so it's like you've got to keep making more like this and it's like yeah but i do want to make stuff different like i don't want it all to be like let's yeah. just you know what i mean you want to make trance like, mate got, yes that's what i'm talking about <laughs> and i've got some piano tracks i've got every, you know i've got all sorts and i feel like it's, I'm just having fun with it. I don't want to keep kind of following a routine where, you know, and I've kind of, I think a few people think I'm going that down the melodic route when I'm not. Like, I, I don't mind melodic music, but it's just, it's just not as like exciting for me. I like high energy kind of like, you know, ravey stuff and not too much, but yeah, I do like just making a bit of variety, you know? Like yeah. I've made some stuff that is like, let's just like, Bicepy stuff, but then I've also made some of that piano track, so it's just yeah. no, it's just a bit of everything. Just gotta enjoy it, man. Just I'm feeling in the studio at the time, yeah. Have you done the remix of Father yet? No, I was actually thinking of this the other day. I was actually going to bring this up just then. It's like that's that, and you take me highs. 
your best work in my opinion that is such a dope record i don't know i don't know when it's coming out now it's supposed to yeah. come out this year but it's not it's no rush i've done it, i've it? done a follow-up if i sent you the follow-up yeah is it the with, with shamanology again yeah 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 that's dope but isn't that like Searching. it's not a piano riff it's like kind of like a chordy i remember yeah. you told me you wanted it a bit like was it not pijano or whatever it was was you, you wanted oh, it no bit... not that one not that oh one. not that one no all right no i'll uh, send that i'll send it to you mate i'm obsessed with shermanology's voice that's so good she's such a good she's singer so and he's a dope producer yeah he's really really cool they've, they've been doing really well at the minute i've, I've heard them on radio one a couple of times yeah and the smash well they it. did they did a record with avici years ago yeah and um Tiesto and like person? just like all the big guys yeah 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 it's um, dope they're great guys they're great guys. Yeah, he seems really nice when I've chatted to him on, on WhatsApp and that's just really genuine. Humble. Yeah. Makes a difference, doesn't it? I think I think most people in this industry are. Um yeah. realistically. You put a hundred people in a room, you're gonna get a few dickheads. Mm-hmm. That's kind of just the laws of averages. Um Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, but most people are dope. Definitely. Right, dude. Definitely. Let's uh yeah. let's wrap this baby up. Thanks for coming on. Um it's been a pleasure. I've had a really good time. No, it's been good fun. How can people follow you? Um, Instagram, it's Tommy Farrow. No, Tommy Farrow Music. And then, yeah, that's the main one. I don't really use Twitter. So yeah, Tommy Farrow Music, if you want to hit me up. Dope. Nice one, mate. Thanks for coming on. Keep safe. Yeah, thanks for that, Will. Appreciate it, buddy. And let's uh, let's catch up. Uh, Come down to the studio. We'll get some work. Yes, that needs to happen 100%. We'll make some magic. Big love, man. See you in a bit. Bye, man. See you later, bro. And that is a wrap. I hope you enjoyed it as much as I did. If you did, please share it and give us a little review in the review bar. Um, Send it to your mates, whatever. But yeah, see you soon. Big love.